0: The Daily Rios, for Monday, September 3rd, 2012. Musical Monday on Chicago. Come on, baby, why don't we paint the town? And all that jazz, I'm gonna lose my knees and roll my stockings down. And all that jazz, start the car, I know a whoopee spot. The gin is cold, but the piano's hot. It's just a noisy hall, where there's a nightly brawl. And all of that jazz. It's Labor Day, but I'm still going to give you an episode for today. So I have a single form thread for the Daily Rios, over on the Other Comic Podcasts subform on the CGS forums. Even though I'm not fully interested in getting a, a forum, I get a few comments every week that I like to comment on or read or Feedback Friday or at other times. And one of them came from Electric Mayhem, who recently asked, More Musical Mondays, please! And who am I to disappoint? So this time around, the 25th anniversary in theater retrospective, or Musical Monday, stops off at Chicago during my 10th grade year at my old high school in Reading, PA. This is my third show that I was in. Third theater production, I guess you could say. Chicago has a long history from concept to execution. It originally was a series of newspaper columns covering the media sensation surrounding two women accused of murder. And then those columns became a play that hit Broadway in 1926. That play became a Cecil B. DeMille silent movie called Chicago in 1927. That movie was later remade in 1942, now with the title Roxy Hart, starring Ginger Rogers, who was the longtime dance partner to Fred Astaire. And then, finally, it became the Broadway musical hit it's most known for in 1975 after Broadway legend Gwen Verdon discovered the original play and asked her husband and longtime collaborator Bob Fosse to create a musical version of it. This would set in motion the events that would create a star vehicle for Verdon and for her fellow co-stars, Cheetah Rivera and Jerry Orbach. The musical was directed and choreographed by Bob Fosse with music lyrics and book by John Kander and Fred ebb. To continue with the history for a bit, eventually the show would be revived in 1996 in the spirit of a now-deceased Bob Fosse, but stripped down to what is essentially a stage concert version, focusing more on the dance than costumes or sets. And then it would ultimately wind up as a movie again for the third time in 2002, directed and choreographed by Rob Marshall, starring Catherine Zeta-Jones, Renee Zellweger, and Richard Gere. And then this baby would go on to win several Oscars, including Best Picture. Chicago is a great show. It's one of my favorites. Perhaps it might even be in the top twenty-five if I were ever to ever to do a list. The story isn't much more than what I said before: two murderers, the media frenzy around them because of the t- not only because of the time, but because they were women. The smooth-talking lawyer that takes on their case for fame and for fortune, mostly. Uh, you can you can see it, go see the movie, go see the most recent movie version. You'll get the drift of what the story is and, and the ins and outs of it all. For me, the beauty of the show is in the telling. It's the dance, the lead girls, the comedy, using the musical numbers as a counter to the scenes, to homage vaudeville performers, vaudeville acts, etc. And then you add to all that Bob Fosse's original vision and style and intensity, and you have what should always be a great night of theater. A few more fun facts here. In terms of Broadway history, 1975 would have been Chicago's year in the award season had it not been for a little song and dance show called A Chorus Line. And I suppose if you're going to be beat out, that's the show to lose to. Uh, Secondly, I mentioned some of the original cast of the original 1975 production, which was Gwen Verdon who was also in the original production of Damn Yankees and a whole lot more. Cheetah Rivera, who was in the original production of West Side Story, Kiss of the Spider Woman, and so much more. And Jerry Orbach, who at the time I didn't really know, and this show, because I got the original soundtrack at the time, this is the show that introduced me to Jerry Orbach, who is a long, 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 long time Broadway legend who... Most people probably know from this. He's got a crush on this guy. What about the girly magazines? Maybe he swings both ways. Great. So now we're looking for a bisexual 50-year-old pain in the ass who walks with a limp, carries a cane, and whistles Dixie as he walks down the highway. Or this. I know Johnny didn't take Moe's wallet. I know. Oh? How do you know? I can't tell you. Just please trust me, Daddy. Sorry, baby, I can't. Maybe Johnny didn't do it. Anyone could have taken it. Maybe it was, um... Uh, you know, it could have been that, that little old couple of the Schumachers. I saw her with a couple of wallets. Baby, you don't go around accusing innocent people. Or maybe even this. Be Ow. Oh. Guest, be our guest, put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup to jour, hot or d'oeuvre. Why, we only live to serve. Try the gray stuff, it's delicious. Don't believe me, ask the dishes. They can sing. Now, I'm not sure if this following fact is true anymore, but apparently, Jerry Orbach holds the record for the most lead performances. By any single actor in Broadway history. I have to assume that means the most performances as a male lead in Broadway history, meaning he probably was in a lot of these shows for a long time and and created several leads from Fantastics, El Gallo in Fantastics, Julian Marsh in 42nd Street, and so many more. Here he is in this show in Chicago. Is everybody here? Is everybody ready? Hit it! I don't care about expensive things Cashmere coats, diamond rings Don't mean a thing All I care about is love That's what I'm here for I don't care for wearing silk cravats, Ruby studs, satin spats Don't mean a thing I care about is love. Give me two eyes of blue. For the third fact, and this is something that I just discovered researching for this episode, is that also in the original 1970 production, the character of Amos, the lovable schmuck of a huns- husband to Roxy Hart, was originally played by Barney Martin. Some of you might know who that is. Some of you might be saying, who is Barney Martin? This is Barney Martin. So when do I get to see the doctor? He'll be in with the x-rays in a few minutes. You can get dressed. (laughs) He stole my wallet. The bum stole my wallet. (laughs) My wallet's gone! My wallet's (laughs) gone! (laughs) I had my wallet in my back pocket. It's gone. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. I wanted to get my x-ray. Somebody takes my wallet. Is that the operation here? Mr. Seinfeld, I'm Dr. Denbro. I've been going over your x-rays. I'm not interested in the x-rays. I want my money back. Somebody stole my wallet. I had $225 in there. Well, I don't see how something like that could have happened. Well, oh, you don't see. You don't see. Well, it happens. Believe me. That's right. He played Jerry Seinfeld's father on Seinfeld, and I never, ever knew that. So he plays Amos, and here's his song from the original soundtrack. pain Mr. pain should've been my name, Mr. pain cause you can look right through me, I'll walk right by me, I never know I'm there. So what do I remember about my production of Chicago back in the spring of 1988? I remember landing the role of lead male Billy Flynn, who in the movie is played by uh, Richard Gere, and in the original Broadway production was played by um, Jerry Orbach, like I said. Landing that role and pissing off a lot of my upperclassmen. I was in 10th grade at the time. My high school only went from 10th grade to 12th grade. We We didn't start at 9th grade. We went from 10th grade. So this was the third show I auditioned for, It was the third school show I was ever in. Here I was coming up from junior high and taking the lead from people who probably deserved it more than me for time well served, if not necessarily for talent. So it's probably an understatement to say that there were probably some hurt feelings. But uh, because the show is dance-oriented and that is my background, I have to imagine that's one of the reasons why I got the role of Billy Flynn. The show was a lot of fun. We had a turntable on stage. The show is edgy, but we had to tone down some of the dialogue, I assume for parents or maybe even for the school itself. I mean, this was 1988, after all. Uh, And it probably helped to give me some kind of status in high school among theater people or my friends or for anyone who took theater seriously at the time or who saw the show and knew that it was an essential part of at least my high school. Oddly enough, the guys that told me to audition in junior high for my very first show and who had been in shows before me, either they didn't make this show or they didn't even try out for it. So it was apparent at that time that I was ready to go. Uh, the theater bug had hit me and I was ready to continue on. So I got the role of Billy Flynn and now the first three shows come full circle in terms of names. The first show I, I was in, I was The Jester. Second show was Billy Jester. And uh, the third show, I was Billy Flynn. So I guess it was meant to be. I do remember freaking out one performance because my mic had been off the entire first act, maybe even the whole show, I can't remember. But I was not happy, probably one of my uh, diva moments at that time. And I think that was the night we were re- videotaping, which is which just added to, to my mayhem at the time. I remember my leads, I remember the one who played Roxy Hart, uh, she was super tall and very cute. Mostly, I think. Mostly, I think I remember probably being a bit over my head in terms of preparation, and not that I couldn't do the role, just that I was probably swimming a bit too much in being the lead and didn't quite fully understand what that meant and what we what you were supposed to bring to a role, its place in the show. You know, I said the lines, I danced the dances, I did what I had to do, but it was only my third show, and it for I guess it the forefront. It wasn't about the acting or getting the idea across. It was about being on stage, having a good time, knowing my lines, knowing my songs, knowing everything, and presenting it the best way that I could. I guess, I don't know. I guess I was I was only 15. I was young. What did I know about theater craft at that time? Except that I wanted to have a good time. And and it was fun being in the high school show with, with uh, a cast that had experience and learning some things, not only from the cast, but from the crew as well, many of whom I would go on to do stuff in community theater later on. If you've never seen Chicago, I would highly recommend going to see it. I'm sure there's a touring company out on the road right now. There's also, you know, it's also, I think it's still playing in New York, the Broadway revival. It's one of the longest revival, if not the longest revival on Broadway right now. It's a fantastic show. If it's done well, it's it can be funny and entertaining. So it's not like you're sitting there watching this play just go on and on, this musical. its It should be entertaining. And for those people that it matters, there, sh- there should be a lot of scantily clad women and scantily clad men for someone to uh, look at. So you have that as well. But yeah, it's one of those shows that I look back on and go, boy, I wish I could do that again now, knowing what I know now. I wish I could go back and do it again. Or just I wish I could do it again now because I'm certainly more at the age of what uh, the lead role should be. You know, because at that time, as I said, it did just uh, well. I what's interesting is there's a song in the show that kind of sums up probably what was going on with me at the time. It's all show business, kid. These trials, the whole world, show business. But, kid, you're working with a star, the biggest. Give up the old. Razzle-dazzle, dazzle, razzle, dazzle em. Give 'em give an act with lots of flash in it, and the reaction will be passionate, give em the old hocus-pocus, bead and feather em. how can they see with sequins in their eyes? What if your hinges all are rusting? What if, in fact, you're just disgusting? Razzle, dazzle them, and they'll never catch one.